The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hello there, vegans, would-be vegans, wonderful spiritual unity listening people, and whoever else happens to be tuning in through the magic of the internet. What a great pleasure to spend this time with you on a Wednesday afternoon. At least it's a Wednesday afternoon for me. It could be just any time for you and whatever time it is. I hope it's a great time and that life is treating you well. We're going to have a lot of fun this hour with a really regular guy, John Schlimm. I just adore John Schlimm because he is regular folks and we share something that lots of times vegans only whisper about in dark, shadowy corners. And that is, we both really like country music. So John has a new book, brand new book, called The Cheesy Vegan, More Than 125 Plant-Based Recipes for Indulging in the World's Ultimate Comfort Food. We're going to be talking about that and about his other new book, Stand Up, 75 Young Activists Who Rock the World and How You Can Too. He will be joining us right about 10 past the hour. And between now and then, I'd just love to catch you up with what's going on in my world and in the world of Main Street Vegan. My little dog, Forbes, has great news. He got a clean bill of health last week. Those of you who've been listening for a while know that my husband and I adopted Forbes a year ago, just just exactly a year ago, because it was right about the time of our anniversary, which is October 18th. And we found out within 24 hours that Forbes had heartworm disease, which can be so, so serious for dogs. It's mosquito-borne and Forbes was a stray in Georgia, so that's how he got it. And the treatment options just seemed so frightening. They were arsenic, and they just, oh, my goodness, it seemed so terrible to put the little guy through that. And then when I went for the third opinion, you know, we always say get a second opinion. I'm so glad I went for the third because this wonderful veterinarian that we've actually known for years, Dr. Francisco DiPolo here in, in Manhattan, said, you know, there is another option, and that is the slow kill where you just give them the regular heartworm preventative 
monthly. And the idea is that the little embryos won't turn into worms and the adults can only live one to three years anyway. So that's what we did. And we knew we were taking a little bit of a chance, but the other way would have been a chance as well. And ta-da! Forbes is a healthy dog. So I'm really, really happy about that. Appreciate the prayers and good wishes of uh, the people who were uh, in on Forbes's ordeal with us. Other things that have been keeping me busy in the past week, I went to a wonderful seminar on Saturday called Businessman to Businessman, which was a branding ceremony taught by Michael Parrish Dudell. Michael is a an adjunct faculty member of Main Street Vegan Academy. He teaches our marketing class. And he was big at Eco-Razzi when that website about environmentally aware uh, celebrities was just getting off the ground. He's been with American Express and GE. And he's just written the Shark Tank TV show's business book. It's called Shark Tank, Jumpstart Your Business. And it was funny. He was saying that for what he's doing out in the world now, he's trying to downplay online some of the vegan stuff because in his business life, he needs to be seen as a business person. He's a vegan. He's committed to being vegan. He has a little word, Pythagorean which is what vegetarians used to be called before the word vegetarian was coined, that is tattooed upon his wrist. He's committed to this. And yet he's out in the world doing so many other wonderful things. So you might want to check out his book that is about to be published, and that is Shark Tank, Jumpstart Your Business. The main thing that I learned from Michael is if you are trying to present an image out in the world, whether it's for business or whether it's it's for a cause that you believe in. He talked about consistency, and he showed us on PowerPoint how the colors of his website are also the same colors that he wears so that people really get the idea of what he's about. He also talked about something called the mall test because he said that the way you're perceived out in the world And the way you think you ought to be perceived are often very different. He said that if you can hire a couple of students to go to a mall with you and you sit in the food court with your book or your computer or whatever, and the students will ask people going by, they'll just say, we're doing this for our business class. Just give me five words that describe that person over there in the food court. And he said, when you get 30 or 40 people doing this and one or two of the same words comes up over and over and over again, then you're going to know that whether you think that is what you're projecting or not, it is what you're projecting. So it's very interesting. We don't really have any malls like that in Manhattan. We've got one in Queens. Maybe I'll do that one of these days. It's kind of fascinating, don't you think? Then another thing that I did this weekend... Uh, was that I spoke for a few minutes. All the speakers were very short, which was actually kind of fun. It's nice to hear people in almost little Twitter-sized presentations in beautiful Bryant Park in midtown Manhattan for the March Against Monsanto. Now, I remember Mother Teresa saying, I would never be in an anti-war march, but I would go to a march for peace (laughs) any day of the week. So I kind of understand that whole against thing is not so great, but it was really wonderful to be there with a new audience for me and a lot of people who are are very dedicated to the health and and safety of our planet and, and food safety. I think it's sometimes really great to stretch and meet some new people and see how many things we really do all have in common. And that same thing happened for me on Sunday afternoon. The Monsanto March was on Saturday. But on Sunday, I went to a natural cancer protection seminar. I was invited by a woman here in New York City, Sandra Fields. She's a registered nurse, and she does thermography. Thermography is a diagnostic procedure that was developed way back in the 1800s. And all it does is see areas of heat in the body. 
And then by comparing one thermography scan to the next thermography scan, you can see what's changing. So it's not like a mammogram. It doesn't show tumors or anything like that. But it does show heat, and it can sometimes give you an idea of something that might be developing before it would even be seen in conventional screening. So she spoke and and some other wonderful people talking about manual lymphatic drainage massage, which I've actually had a few times. You know, your heart is a great pump for your circulatory system. Your poor lymphatic system that is charged with so many detoxifying activities doesn't have a pump. It's got to depend on you. So exercise is good, particularly that anti-gravity kind of exercise if you can bounce on a mini trampoline, something like that. But if you can find somebody that does MLD, manual lymphatic drainage massage that works specifically on the lymph system. And until I heard that lecture on Sunday, I had forgotten about that. I hadn't done it in two or three years, but that's going to go on my, my calendar and my to-do list sometime soon. And just yesterday, I had a lot of fun. One of my coaching clients, I do keep a, a small kind of boutique uh, vegan lifestyle coaching practice, both in person here in New York City and also by phone and Skype around the world. And one of my clients has really been wanting to get in the kitchen and make food. And she told me some of her preferences. So we had the most fun yesterday. We made Aztec salad, which comes from a, a very old book that I have called The Peaceful Palette by Jennifer Raymond. And Aztec salad is full of the black beans, corn, tomatoes, cilantro, red and yellow bell pepper. It's just the prettiest thing, a completely oil-free vinaigrette dressing. That was so good. Then we did a marinated kale salad because my client had said she didn't like green salad. And I thought, well, let's just try kale because the consistency is so different. So we used the recipe that comes from Tracy McWhorter, who is the author of By Any Greens Necessary. It's also the recipe that she donated uh, to my book, Main Street Vegan. And what makes her marinated kale, her massaged kale, so unique and so delicious is the addition of nutritional yeast and Bragg's liquid aminos. I used tamari soy sauce. It still worked. There's something about that nutritional yeast in the massage kale, which is just scrumptious and fabulous. Then we made a pumpkin soup, a very spicy, wonderful pumpkin soup where it had cumin and mustard seeds and coriander and all these fabulous spices that just seem like they're coming from the spice islands. And that was grand. And then the last thing, I see I'm supposed to stop talking, says my engineer, Vegan of the Year was just awarded. And the Vegan Company of the Year is a great friend of Main Street Vegan and a great friend of mine. And that's Jill Milan Handbags. Absolutely scrumptious. Check out JillMilan.com and pretend at least that you're touching this fabulous faux leather. Congratulations to Jill Frazier and everybody at Jill Milan Bags. We're taking a break and coming back with our guest, John Schlim, the cheesy vegan. like to take a moment to encourage you as part of our unity online radio family of listeners to support this ministry through a love offering for your convenience you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations go to www.unity.fm and click on donate now thank you for your support
What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran. I'm your host for the Main Street Vegan Show, and it is my great pleasure to be introducing my guest today, and that is John Schlimm. We're going to be talking about his two new books, The Cheesy Vegan and Stand Up. 75 young activists who rock the world. John was named one of the vegan men we love by Veg News. Well, I would have agreed with that if anybody would asked. He's an activist, a Harvard-trained educator, and the award-winning author of several books. Veg News is called The Cheesy Vegan, the ultimate vegan cookbook, and Publishers Weekly heralded it as a terrific addition to any vegan's library, and that was in a starred review. Those ain't easy to get, trust me. John is also the author of Grilling Vegan Style and The Tipsy Vegan. I mentioned this morning on Facebook that Tipsy Vegan, and somebody said, well, who wouldn't like somebody who wrote the Tipsy Vegan? And then I thought, well, who said that? And it was it was Jill Frazier, the um, co-owner of, of Jill Milan Bags that I was just mentioning that received the Vegan Company of the Year Award. So that was cool. John is also the author of several other books, including a novel called Twang. And that's about country music. And I just have to tell you, we share things, John. We now share a literary agent, thanks to you, your yes. longtime friend. Uh, Steve Trohoff, Folio Lit, has taken on my next project. Whoopee! And that makes us siblings. So Absolutely. we're just connected now. Yeah, so we're going to have oh. to, like, you know, hide stuff from mom and dad or something. <laughs> Yes, all of that fun and mischief that we're going to have now. <laughs> That'll be cool. You just have to, to drive across Pennsylvania and get yourself to New York City so that we can do the fun stuff. But I'm I'm really loving the idea of, of being with an agent who has an understanding and appreciation of this topic. My first agent was Patty Brightman, who's just a magnificent person. She's now a full-time vegan philanthropist, and she's also an author in her own right. She'll, in fact, be on the show February 12th. But she said to me once, oh, I just wish all my clients could be vegans. And I said, well, why don't you ask? So she collected John Robbins and Neil Barnard and Ingrid Newkirk and Howard Lyman. And I really did feel like I had this wonderful big family with the same mom. So now you're my bro and that's cool. But one of the other things we have in common, and I just have to talk with you about this because I get to talk about it with so few people. You're into country music. Oh yes, absolutely. (laughs) Is this a lifelong love or something you developed more recently? Well, you know, I really always loved country music, but it, it was certainly supercharged when I found myself in Nashville uh, working as a publicist. And so, you know, everyone now is into the show Nashville, and that is such a, a wonderful and realistic portrayal of exactly what goes on there. And, and really, it's very much like uh, the novel that I wrote playing. 
Well, I need to read Twang. So I'm, I'll put that on the calendar. That'll be my little <laughs> BN.com, um, project of this afternoon. Cause I love Nashville. And, you know, my husband has written the stage musical, The Color of Music. And in fact, some of the songs or snippets from some of the songs are on his site, tcomthemusical.com. And that's about D. Ford Bailey, who was the biggest star of the Grand Ole Opry in the 20s and 30s. And he was fired in 1942 because he was black. And before then, nobody knew that who wasn't just local there in Nashville and went to the Opry because it was radio and they got some big sponsors and they just decided that they didn't want a black person anymore. And it was it was such a travesty, both personally to this man and also to to music because he was considered the greatest harmonica player of all time. So he opened a shoeshine parlor in Nashville and never played music again, although, you know, a couple of times he went back in his old age just for a kind of nostalgia thing. And finally, 20 years after his death, he was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. But, you know, these stories, they're kind of like country songs. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, Nashville is just one of those great American cities that everyone at some point in their life needs to visit. And, you know, it's becoming really, uh, it's undergoing a renaissance, uh, you know, not least of which with this show and, and the great new acts that are coming out of there, but also food-wise, it's becoming quite the the foodie city. I, I, you know, you and I need to go down and do a vegan tour of Nashville. Oh, that would <laughs> and bring be all fun. your listeners along. How yeah, how fun would that be? <laughs> I I would totally be into that. I remember a couple of really great vegan meals in in Nashville the last time I went. Now I think it's a little bit like my hometown of Kansas City and other places. When you first mention a place like Nashville or like KC, nobody's going to say, "Oh yeah, you know, fabulous vegan food." You just got to go there and see. Because it's it's cropping up everywhere. So who do you know in the country music world these days who's vegan or vegetarian? Well, you know, I think that we have uh, seen a, con- a couple country singers who have come out uh, as, as vegan, which is really great. And, uh, you know, their names actually escape me right now. I, I'm, I'm thinking of there's one young female country singer in particular. Um, and well, I Carrie Underwood for sure. Yes. Yes, I believe, yes, Carrie Underwood. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I think others are sort of moving in that direction, and, you know, hopefully they're sincere in that, but, uh, you know, certainly uh, we'd love to see even more. Uh, and, you know, no doubt they have a passion for animals, so they're already headed in the right direction, uh, you know. Yeah, that's for sure. I, you know, it's so funny. I love the English language. I love words. And I like music, but... I don't really understand music. Like I can't carry a tune and my husband has perfect pitch. So if I'm ever singing in the shower, I know it's just making him have pain. But with, <laughs> with country, the lyrics are so much of it. And I can just so get into those, even though it's not what you think of as a typical vegan pastime. In fact, whenever we're getting acquainted at, at Main Street Vegan Academy, I always say, okay, tell us your name, where you're from, and the most unvegan thing about you. And they don't know what I mean by that until I say, here's an example. The most unvegan thing about me is I love country music. And then they all get it and they, they know exactly their <laughs> unvegan thing. But it's really not unvegan. It's just unstereotypically vegan. Well, and you know, the, the thing is, years ago, I think country music was such a, a niche uh, genre. It had its niche audience. But in the last decade or two, and, and certainly this was starting to happen when I was down there in the late 90s, it has gone mainstream. And that's what we're seeing happen with vegan eating, which is so exciting. So I think the two of them together, it, it's a great combination and certainly uh, – there's something you and I can get behind. So, yes, yeah, may, Nashville, may, here we come. <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? We could start a, a vegan country bar and grill. <laughs> that would be so fun, as long as we're not asked to sing. <laughs> no, or cook. Well, you could cook. No, I, yeah, I could I'll tend the bar. I'd have much more fun tending the bar. <laughs> okay, okay, and, and, and we'll so hire they can a use chef. my recipes. Yes. yes, they can use my recipes. I'll tend the bar, and you and I will dance on top of the bar. This is so good. We could do this. Place. 
<laughs> and, you know, we need more country music in New York City. It is hard to find here. And that's one of the things that I miss coming here from, from Kansas City. You can find just about everything in New York City, but you kind of got to look hard for a little bit of country. So speaking of somebody who can cook, boy, oh, boy, how do you come up with all these recipes? You know what? I just want people to have so much fun in the kitchen, whether they are vegan or vegetarian or are more carnivorous pals. So, I, you know, I smash through these silly and ridiculous stereotypes about vegan food being boring or blah. That will never be the case on my watch, as we've seen with the tipsy vegan and grilling vegan style and now the cheesy vegan. You know, cheese, is, as we all know, is one of those foods that is so hard for people to give up. And I hear from so many people that that's the one thing that is holding them back from making that full transition to vegan. Well, now that's, that's out of the equation. They don't have to worry about that anymore because I'm giving them two dozen homemade vegan cheese recipes and variations as well as 100-plus food recipes that those cheeses can be used in. So now everyone can be a cheesy vegan. Oh, I love it. You've even got an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Well, wow, of that course. sounds American. We're <laughs> going to have to have that when we open our, our bar and grill. Yes, along with, you know, the mac and cheese chapter, the cheesecake chapter. You know, those two things absolutely beg to have their own chapters. So uh, all these things I, I think they would love in Nashville. I think they'll love them in New York. Anywhere you are, I think uh, you will love the cheesy vegan and the recipes. It's all about comfort food. And yeah, it, it really is. And sometimes you just totally need that. I'm talking with John Schlim, author of The Cheesy Vegan. If you'd like to join the conversation, the number is 888-558-6489. So, John, what's the basis of the cheesy flavor when you're doing it vegan style? Well, a lot of it has to do with the, the spices. And, you know, there are so many vegan cheese recipes out there. You know, and I did extensive research when writing this book. And so I looked at all the recipes that are available on the Internet. I, I looked at the various uh, recipes that are in cookbooks that are out there. And a lot of them I found you practically need to have a chemistry degree to make them if you can even pronounce most of the words in the ingredient list. And so my goal was to really get that simplified down to a few ingredients that anyone can use uh, in their kitchens to make these cheeses, and so it's easy and it's delicious. And really, you know, my homemade cheese recipes can be simplified down to four words, mix, blend, set, and eat. That's oh, it. I like that. So you don't have to do the whole culture thing and make sure the temperature is right and stuff like that? No, there, there's none of that really involved in this because, again, I think that just complicates the process and really turns a lot of people off. And, and again, I'm hearing from a lot of people who are saying, thank you for giving us these easy recipes. And one of the things that has absolutely sent me right over the moon is uh, that I'm hearing Kids are getting in on the cheesy vegan action. Parents are telling me that because these recipes are so easy, kids are coming into the kitchen with them, helping them make the cheese. And, of course, what kid doesn't love something that's ooey and gooey and at the end of the day, you know, delicious? They can make them. So kids are learning not only about quality time and quality time in the kitchen, but also about eating healthier foods and living a healthier and happier lifestyle. So that, to me, you know, that speaks to my core as an educator and gets me really excited. Well, I'm sure it does. And there's so many fascinating recipes here. I'm interested in trying the cottage cheese because, you know, I spent 30 years dieting before I became vegan. And most of the time I just missed what I really wanted to eat. But I also developed some some real uh, attachment to some of the foods I ate when I was on diets. And one of those was cottage cheese. So this is going to be interesting to try. And it's very simple. Firm silken tofu, vegan mayo, garlic, onion powder, kosher salt, and nutritional yeast. I mean, that's that's a three-minute recipe. Yeah, you cannot get any easier than that. And you can use it in any way that you would use traditional cottage cheese. And that's the thing about these recipes 
they are cheese. You know, in, in the beginning when I first started working on the book, I had people come to me because, of course, and as you know this, uh, since you've written so many books, there are all these discussions at the beginning of, of that process. And, and people approached me and said, well, how are you going to, to spell cheese? You know, how are you going to spell cheese? And I thought, what, what do you mean? And, uh, well, are you going to use a Z at the end or a Z-E? I said, no. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't need to make any excuses or misspell the word uh, to make it look This is cheese. This is cheese. C-H-E-E-S-E. I'm not changing the spelling. These are cheeses. They just happen to be non-dairy. And I oh. don't think that there's any, yeah, nothing out there says that it has to have dairy milk in it to be called cheese. And I, I certainly think I'd be backed up by our, uh, you know, cow pals <laughs> out yes. in the pasture who would agree with us. <laughs> well, this is interesting that you would bring this up because my guest last week was Colleen Patrick Goudreau, who, as you know, is, is very interested in, in words and how the words yeah. that we use make cruelty-free eating more or less appealing to people who are just being introduced to it. And she's saying, you know, if we even need to take back the word meat, you know, n- nut meat. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be flesh foods. And I love it that you're just uh, cause it, calling a cheese a cheese. Absolutely. So- and, and again, I'm not about these silly and ridiculous stereotypes. If others want to perpetuate them, fine, but it's not going to be on my watch. <laughs> so, so you are big on breaking new ground in the plant-based world. You did that with the Tipsy Vegan. You did it with Grilling Vegan Style. So how do you see the Cheesy Vegan fitting into that legacy? Well, you know, I can summarize it in a recent interview I did with an NPR station out in Wisconsin, which, as we know, is in the heart of dairy country. And the, the response was tremendously positive. And I thought, this is great. You know, I think that my message is resonating, that I, you know, I, I choose to lead by example with my cookbooks and through my speeches and everything else I do, and not by being preachy or overly political. And I, and I know you're the same way. I, I think people, you know, um, some of the people uh, who are among us uh, who tend to be a little too preachy and a little too political, th- sometimes they do more damage to the work you and I are trying to do than anything else. And it's like, I'm not going to be that way. And so I think the cheesy vegan, by it, you know, we use the spelling of the word. It is cheese. It's delicious food that anyone's going to enjoy, even kids. I think that goes a long way in helping to break down some of these stereotypes that, frankly, have dogged us since the beginning. Yeah, this is true. I'm looking here at the ways to reach you, John, and it's interesting. I was talking at the beginning about the branding seminar that I attended this weekend with Michael Parrish Dudell, and one of the things he was saying is be the same everywhere. And I know we can't all be the same everywhere, like there's somebody else who was Victoria Moran got to Twitter before me, so I have to be Victoria underscore Moran. You either were the first guy online or nobody else is named John Schlim, because if people want to find you, you are at johnschlim.com. That's S-C-H-L-I-M-M. And on Facebook, you're John Schlim. On Twitter, you're at John Schlim. On Pinterest, you're slash John Schlim. Same on Instagram. Same on YouTube. So you're an easy man to find. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I'm all about accessibility uh, with my cookbooks or with my social media. And, I, you know, I just love connecting with everyone out there and making it as easy as possible uh, to do so. Because for me, it's about the fun, it's about the party, as well as embracing compassion. And I, I just I think it's just so fun to be connected to everyone, as I'm sure you have found as well through your social media. It just makes the world a lot smaller. And especially when you're in a field like we are, uh, it's so great. You know, I live in a small town in Western PA, so this is a great test market for me because I am in the heart of the hunting and meat-eating culture. But even here, on a, a weekly basis, I will have people coming up to me telling me how they are reducing the amount of meat they're eating, how they are starting to move more towards a plant-based lifestyle. They may not ever make the full transition, but they're moving in that direction. 
and it's just so heartening. And that's the kind of reaction I get from across all of my social media. And I love it that we're reaching these non-vegans and vegetarians as well because, again, I'm all about the party for everybody and including everybody. And everybody who chooses to eat a vegan meal ever, it's good. It's all advancing the cause. And it's helping people understand that the food is good. I remember once having a dinner party and this guy had already mapped out where the nearest McDonald's was because he was sure he would be going there when he left. And and his greeting as he, he exited was, well, you convinced me I can go straight home. And that's a success. That is a success. And I am... I'm talking with John Schlimm, author of The Cheesy Vegan. We'll be back after these messages to talk more about cheese and also his other new book, Stand Up. That's about activists who are barely out of the cradle. We'll be back. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I'm Victoria Moran. My guest is John Schlimm. If you want to find him everywhere on earth online, that is S-C-H-L-I-M-M, The Cheesy Vegan and Stand Up are his latest books. Before we move on to Stand Up, John You call the Cheesy Vegan, actually all your cookbooks, small town friendly. Now, you've told us you live in a small town. What's small town friendly? Well, you know, it's important for me that my cookbooks be easy and accessible for everyone to use. And coming from a small town and living here currently, I want my friends and neighbors in my small hometown and small towns across the country to be able to go to our grocery stores and occasionally the liquor store, of course, and find pretty much all of the ingredients that they're going to need for my cookbooks. And so, you know, starting from that baseline, I know that anyone anywhere will be able to make my recipes. That's so cool. That's why when we do the uh, supermarket tour class at, at Main Street Vegan Academy, we go to my regular grocery store up here in Harlem. People have said, you know, why don't you go to Whole Foods? Well, because a lot of people don't have one of those, and a lot of people can't afford something like that. So we just go to what most people can handle. And, you know, you can be a very well-fed vegan at a plain old store. 
I mean, I love Whole Foods. Nothing against Whole Foods. We're supposed to get one up here in Harlem, and I hope it happens soon. But to just be able to go to the grocery store and make all these magnificent dishes in Cheesy Vegan, that's a really good thing. Now, I know that the whole idea of vegan cheese, it's kind of a lot of people go, huh? So what's <laughs> what's the question you get most often? What does it taste like? Ah, everyone wants to know what yeah absolutely and you know i i try to make people then understand you know we all know what cheddar cheese is supposed to taste like but even within the dairy world of cheddar cheese you have several different brands some are better than others much like vegan cheese some are better than others my cheddar cheese you can consider that the john schlem brand of cheddar cheese it tastes like cheddar cheese and, and a very good one. So, uh, you know, I think people think that, oh, it's called cheddar, but it's vegan, so that vegan is going to have some other bizarre taste. And that is not the case, at least with my recipes. If you see, you know, the, the cheddar, the Swiss, the mozzarella, the ricotta, they're going to taste like what you think of when you think of those traditional cheeses. Because, again, they are cheese. <laughs> That is just so great. And not just for people who are saying, oh, gosh, I'd be vegan, but I can't give up my cheese. There are a lot of people who maybe have never heard of vegan, but their doctor told them their cholesterol level, and they're going to need to do something about their cheese, too. So the Cheesy Vegan is going to college this semester. What's that about? (laughs) I am so excited about this. The University of Pittsburgh at Bradford, which is about an hour from where I live, they have a fantastic hospitality management program there. And this semester, three of the classes in that program are using the Cheesy Vegan as part of their curriculum. So the students who right now are not vegan or vegetarian, they're starting to learn about what vegan-vegetarian means, uh, what making these recipes entails. And they are putting together as a class project a tasting event using cheesy vegan recipes that will be used as a fundraiser for the program at the end of the semester. And, of course, I'll be going. It's called the Big Cheese. Uh, And what's great is there's no need to even use the word vegan because they already understand the concept that this is cheese. And it's just going to be so fun. And so to be able to get back in the classroom in that way, uh, because it's been a while, you know, I used to, uh, teach at the university level, and now I'm busy writing cookbooks and hope to get back in the classroom sometime soon. But to get to be with these uh, young students who are so enthusiastic about learning about these different uh, lifestyles and what vegan means, and because these are things that as they go out into the real world in their careers in hospitality, they're going to have to understand this. And so to be a part of that, I'm just so excited. That That is really exciting. And I think to just have young people understand it's just it's just a way of being. It's a way a lot of people choose to be, and maybe it's a way that they'll choose to be, or, or some of them, so that it's not some strange, bizarre, vegan from the planet Vega. It's it's <laughs> a thing, and 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 people understand it. So that that is very exciting. So since we're talking about young people, I think this is a pretty good segue into stand up. Now you yourself consider yourself an activist? How do you define that? You know, for me, the whole concept of being an activist is all about embracing compassion in any way we can. And of course, for me, that has to do with the animals, especially animals in factory farms or uh, animals who are being mistreated or abused in other ways. Uh, It's about promoting a healthy lifestyle. You know, I like to think of my cookbooks as a form of tasty activism. And again, not, I, I'm not preachy in them. I'm not political about them. Uh, the closest you'll come to uh, that is in the identical dedications in each of the cookbooks, which read to all the animals so you know that you have not passed this way unloved. It's just about embracing compassion and spreading it. And certainly the 75 young activists in stand-up They are all about embracing compassion in various causes and issues around the world. So tell us about this book. What's the inspiration, and what will we get if we read it? 
Well, the, the book is a collection of stories that have been written by 75 young activists, the, the most dynamic young activists across the globe. And they're really telling their stories of how they started working in the causes they're involved with. Some of these young activists started as early as three years old, and many of them have gone on to found their own organizations. Uh, for example, you have Tyler Armstrong, who at eight years old climbed to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro uh, to bring attention to this muscular disease that affects young boys. Now, he does not have the disease, but he met another young boy who did, and he wanted to do something about that. He tells the story of that incredible climb. There is, you know, our friend Paul Shapiro, who currently is at the Humane Society, but he founded Compassion Over Killing, which is a, a wonderful organization helping animals uh, when he was in high school in Washington. And so he tells that story. Uh, there's a story by Frank Stevens, who is a Sergeant Shriver Global Ambassador for Special Olympics. And uh, during the uh, 2012 presidential race, a political commentator who shall remain unnamed, but it, it won't be hard to figure out who, she used the R word in reference to President Obama. And he took great offense to that because one of his missions as someone with Down syndrome is to eradicate that word. So he wrote this beautifully worded letter, posted it online, and in 24 hours, it got 2.5 million hits. In, in a month's time, over 4 million. So he tells the story of doing that. So these young people are really, uh, they're embracing compassion across the globe in so many different ways, and it's just so inspiring. You know, this, as a writer, this is one of those books that you say, I was born to create this book. Ah, well, that is something to really feel proud of. I got to hear about the three-year-old. Well, most of them, like, uh, there's one, the brother and sister who started this group called One More Generation, and they were ages like three and four when they learned about the plight of cheetahs in Africa, and they really decided that they wanted to do something about them, so they got involved with that cause at those ages with the help of their parents, and then a few years later, they decided that they wanted to set up this organization called One More Generation so that their children someday would be able to enjoy all of these animals who are really endangered of becoming extinct. And so it's, it's messages like that that really just herald the next generation of leaders who are coming, and it gives you hope. And the book really targets a middle to high school audience, but anyone reading these stories will be inspired. And you know, as, again, as an educator, I thought it was important to target that age group because we have so many young kids who are sitting in classrooms across this country and really across the globe, and they're so talented and they're so gifted, but no one is telling them that they are. And I thought, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to, and I've met some of these kids because I've been in those classrooms teaching. And I thought, with this book, I'm going to tell these kids you are gifted, you are talented, now let's go out, discover what those gifts and talents are, and rock the world with them. Well, we were talking about words when we were talking about cheese, and that in the cheesy vegan, you spell it like cheese, but this <laughs> word activist is a loaded word. Some people shy away from that. You don't. Why not? Well, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up, because there was another discussion at the beginning <laughs> of me working on stand-up when people came to me and said, maybe you shouldn't use the word activist. And I said, why not? We are not going to hide from these words. We're going to reclaim them. And certainly activist has gotten some bad connotations over the years. And again, it's the people who are perpetuating those bad connotations who really are hurting the work that the rest of us are going to do. And we're just not going to stand for it anymore. And so these 75 young activists, they are taking control of that word again in the most positive and compassionate way. And, you know, talking about words, there's another young woman in the book. Her name is Talia Lehman. And she started an organization called Random Kid. And, you know, talk about words. She writes how... She's always asked, why did you name your organization Random Kid? 
and it, and it gives me the most wonderful chills when I think of her response. She said, I always answer, if other young kids think of me as anything other than random, they're not going to realize that they can do the exact same thing that I have done. Ooh. And I think that's so powerful. And her organization today funds efforts of other young kids around the planet. And for every dollar that random kid invests in another youth's project, the return is 150 to 1,000 percent. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I think we should get Talia up to Capitol Hill. <laughs> I think they could use her advice. And this is what I'm talking about. The next generation of leaders coming, it's incredible. And for me as a Gen Xer, uh, to be able to give this book, Stand Up, as my gift to that next generation of leaders, not only as a gift but as a nod of my admiration, uh, you know, it will always be one of the greatest honors of my life. Oh, that's, that's so cool to hear. Define activist. Your definition. What does it mean? Embracing compassion. Mm, love it. Simplify it right to that. If you call yourself an activist, you have to ask yourself, whatever your efforts are, are you embracing compassion in some way? That is what an activist means to me. Well, that cuts to the chase. Yeah, and I have 75 (laughs) shining examples of that in stand-up. Oh, that's cool. And also on johnschlim.com, you've got a discussion guide that's a free download, and that's for teachers and, and parents. What's that about? Well, I really wanted to, you know, help teachers and parents as well as students, community groups, book clubs who might uh, use stand-up, I wanted to help them to further their discussions with each of these stories because every story is a launching pad for discussions on every topic you can imagine. So I created a 174-page discussion guide. For each story, I have suggested discussion questions, vocabulary words. There's a great subject index guide. So if you're specifically looking for a story on homelessness or health issues or animals or whatever it may be, you can immediately find which of the stories work with that so you can meld it right into your curriculum. You know, I'm all about, you know, helping out as an educator, again, helping out teachers and parents and anyone else working with young people as much as I can because I think these discussions are important and it can stand up as well as the discussion guide really is my gift. Every word in those books is my gift as well as the gift of those 75 young activists to the world. Well, I can hear your passion. It's very exciting. (laughs) I also love that you're lumping in the animal stuff with all these other social justice issues. I think for a long time, it was something aside. There was all peace and human rights and all that kind of stuff. And then there was this animal stuff over there in the corner. But now it really is part of the whole social justice discussion, and you're just furthering that with with your book and and, uh, with your guide. So you have written to me that you are passionate about traveling the country, speaking to people about their interests in helping animals, leading healthier lifestyles, and making vegan, plant-based eating and living more mainstream. Well, God bless you (laughs) with that effort. (laughs) Where are you going next? What's uh, on tap for you? Well, I am scheduled to head back to D.C. next week. I have some speaking engagements, uh, which I'm very excited about, and certainly people can learn more about them on my social media, so I hope everyone will join me there. And I have already started work on the next cookbook, which is beer-themed, so I'm returning to my tipsy roots, and that is scheduled to come out next year, so I'm so excited about that. And again, I will be posting about that project as it progresses. I haven't even announced it officially yet, but I'll be talking about that on social media. Yes. Yes. The beer is out of the keg. Well, and (laughs) that is cool. That will have to be a gift for my son-in-law, who's a home brewer. So all the best to you, John, in, in every way. And to everybody listening today, again, you can find John Schlimm at johnschlimm.com, at John Schlimm on Twitter. The books are The Cheesy Vegan and Stand Up. A couple of other things coming up I'd love to let you all know about. If you're in the New York City area, 
I am going to be speaking October 29th at the 92nd Street Y. They're calling the presentation Plant Power, and I would so love to get a great audience because this, as far as I can tell, is the first vegan-themed presentation that's ever happened at the 92nd Street Y, which is a really prestigious venue, and it would be so great if it could be successful so that next time they bring in John Schlimm or Colleen Patrick Goudreau or somebody else to speak there. So that's October 29th. Check it out on the 92 Y site. And also looking ahead to April, I will be out where our lovely engineer Jeff is at Unity Village, Missouri, just outside Kansas City. And that is for a whole weekend retreat at the Awaken Whole Life Center right there on the beautiful and very spiritual grounds of Unity Village. So go to awakenwholelifecenter.com and you'll find me there in April doing the look great, feel amazing, age later lifestyle. Who wouldn't want that? And then be here with us next week for another episode of Main Street Vegan. And our guest at that time will be John Pierre. He's Ellen DeGeneres' trainer. He's my friend. His new book is called The Pillars of Health. Everybody, God bless you and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly listen to funniest thing with daryl and ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things join the discussion with daryl and ed live every wednesday at 5 p.m central time on funniest thing only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony, healing and creative ideas, is with you every moment of every day, providing the help you need. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. You are a spiritual being, blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment. God's wisdom will guide you. God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary. Topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. He's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? <laughs> if I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. 
Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. <laughs> 